0: Welcome to American K-Sisters. My name is Linda. I am Hina. Enjoy our show about the spectacular American life of two Korean sisters. hello everyone hello hello we have a special guest again as we teased in our previous episode i met shea in uh okay you know what i'm not gonna go to uh go into two details right now because we'll introduce shea more officially later and introduce like explain where we met so Let's just kick it off. We have Shea for our another um, K-pop episode. This time we'll have a very interesting and informative perspective. So it will be slightly different from what we had in our previous K-pop episode. So I'm very excited. Let's get into this.
1: Okay. First of all, we need to find out how Shaya came into our picture. I know you you met Hina right? Can you tell us like how how did you like get here?
2: (laughs) Yeah so hello listeners this is Shia. How's it going? Hi. So um, Hina and I are both NYU alum and earlier this year oh god when was it
0: February. Oh February. Was yeah. it February? Right, right. right February. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was still cold outside. NYU had the um Be Together Conference, which is a conference for alumni to come back to NYU and they have like a weekend just dedicated to networking. There's guest speakers, there's volunteer opportunities or social events and the first night we were standing in line um waiting to speak to the person who wrote this book um i have it it's called mm. say the right thing right by kenji yoshino and david glasgow it's like to the side of me and i'm like peeking over here to look <laughs> at it but we were waiting in line to just thank kenji about his talk and that we were interested in getting to know his book and then myself hina and another nyu alone we just struck up a conversation, and. I think had mentioned that she, you know, had a podcast. And then right. on the podcast, she was talking, I think it was about New Jeans. New and Jeans? And I was like, New Jeans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my
1: god. <laughs> Start dancing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just, like, being nosy. I was, like, all, like, looking at her phone like, wow. And she was like, oh, you know what K-pop is? I'm like, of course. duh. Yeah. And then we were just talking a little bit about how I got into k-pop and then she was like what well, do you want to be oh. on my podcast and I was like sure
0: <laughs> and now here we are <laughs> right just like that good job Hina yeah, so Shaya, thanks so much for letting our audience know how we met. Um, I still remember that I felt bad because I know that you and the other lady were in line to talk to the speaker, but I think I just kind of interrupted and then the conversation went <laughs> off and then you guys are just with me. And when we realized everybody was out, you know, all left. So, um, Thanks for uh, spending your time with me. Okay, now, officially, I would like to introduce you to our um, audience. Um, so just go for it, freestyle. Um, we all are very excited to learn more about you.
2: Sure. All right. So what fun facts do I have? Well, hello, everyone. My name is Shia. I use the pronoun she, her, hers. I'm originally from Florida, so if you know anything about Florida... Like most people. I'm going to talk about the good things, not the bad mm-hmm. things. I'm um, about an hour from like Disney. So like Central Florida area. Um, I moved to New York in 2018. Okay. So this upcoming September, it'll be five years since I moved to New York. Wow. Which is like the milestone number. People are like, once you've moved to New York and you've been here for five uh-huh. years, that's not many people make it.
1: You have survived. I know.
2: Yeah. Like, one pandemic and natural disasters and whatever else we have going on later. Air quality apocalypse. (laughs) I am interested in a lot of different niche things. Clearly, K-pop is one of them. Mm. Um, I feel like I gradually, like most K-pop fans, we find our way into, like, Japanese culture as well. So, like, Mm. anime... Um, If any of you watch Attack on Titan, that's my favorite anime of all time. I finished the manga. I'm planning on getting a tattoo at some point this year. Wow. So we'll see about that. If you're watching Demon Slayer right now, season three, it's really good. (laughs) So what else? I like the color blue. Mm -hmm. I love Mexican food.
1: Oh, so do I. Who doesn't?
2: But I'm, like, a huge foodie as well. So, like, if you're in the city and you ever need food recommendations or you want to get food recommendations, (laughs) I am your person. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I really love Disney. I'm a huge Disney person. Um, I was watching Aladdin earlier. It's my favorite movie. Mm. Yeah, those are, like, I feel like the, the quick, cool things. Oh, I should probably talk about what I studied when I was at NYU. I got my master's in higher education student affairs while I was there. Okay. Um, so I work mm-hmm. in student affairs. I work at a university right now. Um, I work in a student life office. Mm-hmm. It's been really interesting. I'm not going to say where, because you know, that, that might change. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, but that experience has been very interesting, especially the population of students that I work with. Um, but they're also a very nerdy bunch as well. So they relate to me in that way. My office is very decorated mm. in a very niche way. Like I have my Attack on Titan posters mm. in there. I have my Demon Slayer posters. I have That's cool. my sister, and I'll probably get into this later. Um, uh, my sister made like this license plate that says AT's present on it mm-hmm. from the first for wow. us to have the first time that we went and saw ATs last year. Mm-hmm. And so I have one and she has one, and mine is sitting currently in my office. And whenever my students walk in and they know what it is, they're like, You listen to K pop? And I'm like, Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> That's nice. It seems like your following of K pop culture and uh, Japanese anime culture, they actually help you in your work as well, like connect with students. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely like the buy in
0: point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think the moment your students walk in, they. Oh, okay, I see all these different countries and cultures, mm-hmm. and um, uh, okay, it's an open place. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: the goal.
1: I know, like you have been fan all your life of Marvel, Disney, but how did you start following K-pop?
2: Oh, my favorite question. <laughs>
1: I'm really curious like I'm sure listeners are curious because I've seen that every K-pop fan has a point when they enter this fandom (laughs) and they usually remember and tell you know people usually ask like when did you start following who was it what era
0: right
2: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: who stood out to you first like
2: what date I, I do have the date actually Whoa! Wow. Listen, it was a very pivotal point in my life.
1: <laughs> Chaya before K-pop, after K-pop. No, literally.
2: I'm like, who was I before May 5th, 2015? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember her. But yeah, so how I got into K-pop. So I'm sure everyone remembers, what was it, 2011, 2012, when Gangnam mm. Style came out. Mm. And mm. everyone, of course, was obsessed with it. I was no different. I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, And I remember one day, I was a junior in high school when Gangnam Style came out. And I remember learning about Sistar. So like, Mm -hmm. you know how YouTube recommends videos and things like that. So I was just watching Gangnam Style. And then this group on the side, I just said Sister on it. And I clicked on it and I instantly became obsessed. I'm like, these girls are so cute. I love their (laughs) music. Yeah. And yeah. the first video I saw was Loving You. And that mm-hmm. was the one with they were in, like, the sailor, like, outfit. Mm-hmm. And my sister yeah. and I, like, learned the choreo. I don't even know why, <laughs> why we did. So That's oh. <laughs> I still, I was trying to practice it just for funsies to see if I remembered yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm rusty. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had listened to it, and I just went, like, on a sister binge around that period of time. Yeah. And then I forgot all about it. Because at the time, I was obsessed with Glee. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: the TV show, right?
2: Yeah, the yeah. TV show. Um, six years of my life went to that show. Um, <laughs> and then college rolled around. I was a freshman. That sounds like a Freshman going into my sophomore year or ending my sophomore year. I don't know. It's fuzzy. The year is 2015. And I was just like, hmm, I wonder what sister is up to. So I was just watching their videos. And then... I remember a video by four minute came up and it was yeah. their crazy video. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what is this? I was like, they're wearing bucket hats. That's a choice. That's interesting. Mm. Like it was very like street style. And I just yeah. loved like, like the cinematic element of the video, like the, or I should say like the artistic styling choice. So mm. This makes more sense of it being black and white. And then they had like a pop of like, read here and there, but I became obsessed. And then again, YouTube recommends videos and things like that. And I saw this group called... The Power of Algorithm. You know what? I owe a lot to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Whoever Um, that is, behind the algorithm, the AI. I
2: I need to write them, like, a letter saying thank you for my life. (laughs) Um, I saw EXO's, like, Call Me Baby. Oh, my
1: God. Once you get into mm. EXO, that's it. It was done. That's
2: why I'm here. Call Me Baby had just came out that, I want to say March, because I became a fan in May. And so and it was perfect timing, too. So I saw Call Me Baby, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I remember seeing Chen Yul for the first time. Like, they always say, like, you don't choose your bias. Your bias chooses you. And uh-huh. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. It's like
2: for cat, <laughs> cat chooses you. <laughs> they were not wrong. I was just I was looking at all of them but the minute he started rapping I was like oh my gosh who's the tall one with the big
0: ears in the background I had the same experience yeah with Tanya, yeah he definitely stood out Oh really Like cuz yeah. everybody I feel like who gets into EXO
2: like Kai is like their first mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. choice and I was like I mean, that's cute. But anyways, the tall yeah. one with the big ears yeah. and the very deep voice. I'm yeah. intrigued. Wow. And I was like, I need to know everything about him. I need to know everything about them. I don't know what's happening to me <laughs> right now, but we're along for the ride. And then the rest was history. So I was already on Tumblr at that time. And as. If you look back to 2015, One Direction was no more at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah. a lot of K like One Direction fans were becoming K-pop fans uh-huh. and that's how I met one of my now good friends. We connected cuz she's also Guyanese as well and I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool that we're two Guyanese K-pop fans. <laughs> black girls who also love K-pop. Yeah. And like fan culture at the time or was very interesting because EXO they were still at the peak of their career. When I became a fan, the Love Me Right comeback was happening two weeks later and it was the most perfect time in K pop. Like Love Me Right was the comeback. Shiny had their comeback review. Hmm. At the same time, I was being fed; like I was getting so much
1: content. Comeback is fun, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah.
2: So the timing was perfect. Big Bang was having their comeback as well, and that was my first experience of like what a fan war was. Mm -hmm. I'm like, girl, just let's let's just listen to the music. Like, why do we? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why are we fighting? Um, When I tell you, I nosedive into all the EXO content. Like, I watched. Oh my goodness, what was their their show?
1: Wait. I remember didn't they do baby show? No.
2: Yeah, so they did um Return of Superman. They yeah, and that I was another it. thing. That was when Again, when I saw Chanyeol holding a baby, I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I can't wait to have three kids, a picket fence, a dog. Just living the great life. They also had their other show at the time, EXO Next Door, was also airing. So that was like peak EXO content. Oh, that's great. I mean, here we are eight years later. And EXO is not the only group that I listen to. They are still my bias group. They just announced that they're having a comeback. Nice. Um, on July tenth, I think it is, and Ooh. I was just like, "But Kai's in the military. Why would?" I'm yeah. <gasps> so frustrated. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, that's I think now trend. Like when group members have someone in army, they usually continue with with other groups. Mm-hmm.
0: Makes sense then, because especially EXO, there are a lot, there are yeah, more members, members compared to like average of five. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: They all should have just went at once. I was just like, if all of
1: you all just go
2: at the same time, we won't have any problems.
1: I thought about BTS too, but then I I knew that company is not going to do it because they want to keep making money. Like they don't want a whole two years of absence, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, Kai, and then Sehun still hasn't gone yet. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness. It's taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Like, trying to see y'all in 2025. Like, let's get it together. Um, but yeah, so, like, my introduction to K-pop was really cool. Because at the time, I was still living in Florida. But, like, I made so many friends. And ironically, a lot of them were also from Florida. So a lot of them were from New York. And some lived in Florida, but also moved to New York. Um, and they were all black, which was really cool for me because I'm like, this is my first internet friend group where we're all Mm -hmm. black, we're all Caribbean, and we're all into K pop. So we were touching all, we were touching all of the diaspora at this point. And just being on the internet during, I like to call it peak K pop, like between 2015 to 2017 was the best time I feel like to really like, become a fan because there was so much content. Like, it was overwhelming. There were so many reaction videos mm-hmm. happening at that mm-hmm. time. Like, so you know how we have, like, bias lists? I still remember list. every variation of that list that I had in my brain. Mm. <laughs> my first one, like, Shane has always been number one. Everyone else below him just kind of moved themselves <laughs> around. Yeah. Um, the first go around, it was, Chanyeol, then it was Sehun, and then Suho. I don't know how Suho got so high on my list. I don't remember. <laughs> it's <what>. your list. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm trying to remember the moment. Where was
1: Something. Like... You know, like, it, Hina and I experienced the some, same thing too. Depends on what we are watching at the, in so that true. week. Like, which song they just yeah. featured, which music video. Because each one, they show different side of them. Yeah. And, like, sometimes... Certain member looks more attractive, more interesting than other, depending on what they're doing. Mm-hmm.
2: But now it's solid. Like, now I have my top three. It's been <laughs> are, are you sure? <laughs> positive. My top three has been Chanyeol, Baekhyun, and Sehun for the past okay. maybe okay. five years. That okay. has not wavered. We'll check again <laughs> in another five years. <laughs> But yeah, so outside of EXO, I feel like I'm an SM enthusiast. A lot of my favorite groups are in right. SM. So like, Shiny. And it took me a while to get into Shiny because a lot of like their older music, I was like, ring ding dong, what is this? <laughs> ding 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 ding. It's very addictive. <laughs> Actually, I felt when I fell in love with them, I was just like, okay, you got me. Um, <laughs> NCT, I've been with NCT since the beginning, since they wow. debuted um, with Seven Sense. Um, Ten, that's my baby. I love him. Mm. I always call him by his government name, Chidaphon. And my friend is always just like, spell it. And I'm like, we're working on it. It's, <laughs> it's very long. But yeah, being an NCT fan is also like super cool because they're still very active. I was a red velvet girly. I don't listen mm. to those much anymore. But they are my first girl group that I really loved. Mm. I kind of listened to like, I don't want to say everyone because that's not true. Most because that's a lot of people to listen to. But right. when I first got into K-pop, it was mostly EXO, NCT, Shiny, BTS at the beginning before they slid over to the West. Who else? Red Velvet. I feel like there's more, but like currently in my rotation, right? And still very much EXO, AT's, and I was mm-hmm. adamant about not getting into AT's, but my sister, <laughs> who's also a K-pop fan. Um, we got into K-pop at the same time. She's eight years younger than me. Mm. Um, actually, her twentieth birthday is on Monday, oh, so she got into it when she was still very young. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you-
1: yeah, thanks to the older sister, and now thanks to the younger sister, you're into eighties too. <laughs>
2: and now we like bond over that, which is really yeah, cool. That's nice. um, so ATS is her bias group, mm-hmm. and I was always just like, "This is a lot of noise." And she, <laughs> <would be crying>. <laughs> <laughs> she gets so mad. She's just like, "But I like Treasure." But when they were going mm. on tour, I bought her tickets for Christmas Aww. two Christmases ago, um, and I'm like, "Well, I can't go to this concert and like not know their music." Right. And then I fell in love with them too, yeah. and so now I'm an ATU stan. I saw them twice last year. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I think. There's uh, eight years is a lot to summarize, like in one podcast. You're right. <laughs> um,
1: and you just shared the Spotify mm-hmm. list, playlist that you made, and of course, <laughs> I was I was prepared. <laughs> However, I was still shocked how long yeah. it is. <laughs> 58 hours. Almost
2: 1,000 songs. That's a lot. Wow. I do need to clean it up a little bit.
1: <laughs> yes. And, you know, starting with EXO, it co- keeps going on and on. And, like, I I loved it. I loved it. I didn't listen to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> However,
0: it just shows...
1: Don't you think it's, like, a glimpse into your mm. happy moments of yeah, last... Yeah, exactly. Your late summary years, right?
0: of fan activities yeah. of eight years. Right.
1: And, and listener... We are gonna link it in the show notes so you can listen to it for fifty-eight hours. Just put it
2: on shuffle. Like, <laughs> to it's in no like any order. Yeah, when Hi, I when I, I made playlist, okay. I just needed yeah. all of my K-pop music to be like in one place, right? And mm-hmm. it's funny because if you look at if you look in the playlist, the timestamp or like the date stamp. Of when it was last updated was like mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen, so I had three years worth of songs that I needed to add, and I <laughs> it's did. It's gonna it. get even longer now. <laughs> I started on Monday. I finished it now. I'm I'm up to date. Oh, now. Wow. Um And it's so funny. I shared the playlist with my sister, and she was just like, "You're missing a lot of music," and I'm like, "No, no, our playlists are very different." <laughs> <laughs> yeah cause yeah. well we have a lot of overlap like we definitely love the older gen like music cause that's what we got into yeah. K-pop based off of like I think about age mm-hmm. and a lot of the older right. groups like we're right. th- the same age like I, XO like Sehun's only and Kai are only a year older than me yeah. Um, so I, I feel like more connected than them yeah. in that way. Like younger groups, I'm like, you're my child. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't connect to them in those, in those same ways. Right. And that's not to say that I can't enjoy the music, but I think the thing that I gravitated the most is because the artists that I got into, we were all collectively.
1: You grew up together, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I got into K-pop when I was a freshman, sophomore in college. And now here I am about to be 30 in two years. So it's just a really, weird almost like time capsule of my life mm-hmm. and i feel like that playlist is like an embodiment yeah of it in a way
1: yeah. it's a labor of love oh thanks for sharing your labor of love
2: with our <laughs> listener and
0: us wait yeah. so this list has the three years of like recent three years that you recently put together yeah so oh, okay. you're gonna oh. see
2: like 2019 and gotcha. then you're gonna see added three days ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay okay yeah now our listeners are a, a bit relieved yeah, it's not going to yeah. get longer than 58 years. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll okay. probably continue updating it, but I also need to clean it up too. Because yeah. there's some songs on there where I'm like, this was cool at the time, and now, eh. Yeah. Um, because I normally just do <laughs> album dumps. That's another thing. So, like, mm, I'll just see. put whole albums on yeah. there, but I'll be mm. listening to the albums in full. There's a method to my madness, um, but I just thought it would be easy like, for people, like, I share it with my friends, and I'm like, if you want to get into K-pop, I normally create specific playlists for them. That's so nice of you.
1: Yeah. It's like a consulting yeah. service. Like, oh this should be a service. <laughs> K-pop yeah. list for you. Professional
2: right. service. Well, there's a reason I do that, right? So, like, my friends, like, a lot of my friend groups are predominantly black or like, non-white, and we all have very niche music tastes, mm-hmm. and so if I want to get them into K-pop, I have to think about the music they already mm-hmm. like. Like, I can't come swinging out the gates with, like, Everybody by Shiny. Right? Right. right? I can't do that, but I, I'm very strategic, so the things that are more, like, R&B, mm-hmm. hip-hop, yeah. like, music that they already listen to, yeah. like, I always sneak it in there in the playlist, and they'll be like, oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when, um, yeah, yeah, yeah! by EXO came out this is one of their B-sides they sampled SWV which is an R&B mm. um, black girl group from the 90s and mm. I remember I think I have a video somewhere of me reacting to when I listened to it for the first time yeah. um, wow. I remember it was Thanksgiving I, I remember specifically the date um, and I, I played that in the car my friends were just like is that SWV mm. and I was like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes it is and I think that goes kind of into like why K-pop specifically means so much to me and as a music right. lover. When I got into XO, like I can a lot of the music reminded me of music I listened to growing mm. up. Like it was very reminiscent of like Boys to Men, Bone Thugs and Harmony, like all these like black male R and B groups. And like listening to them sing, I was like, wow. Like, they were, like, they were in the booth, rent was due, bills were due, things Mm. needed to be paid, they were sticking for their lives, and I just really registered with that, and even now, that's still very much the same. It's funny, because my friends and I, we created a spoof blog, it's probably still in the deep abyss of Tumblr, Mm. um... But with the spoof blog, I did like a, a blog post that was talking about like EXO's influence within K pop and the black influence on EXO mm. and their producers. And Teddy Riley, um, who produced Michael Jackson's music, they he did Michael's Dangerous album, which is my favorite album of his. And so when I heard Call Me Baby, I was like, this is reminiscent of something, but I couldn't put Mm. my finger on it. I saw that Teddy Riley produced the song. I was like, New Jack Swing. Mm. Like, that's a genre of music. And I was like, that's so cool. And I was doing research that there's a lot of Black producers who produce a lot of the music that we hear every day for large artists Mm. like, like Michael, Janet, but like a lot of really big, like producers, Babyface produced a lot of SM's music. Mm. And I think that's what made me gravitate towards a lot of SM artists. Mm. And it's funny because what was supposed to be a, a blog post that was just supposed to be for giggles, one of Exo's producers found it mm. and tweeted it. Wow. And I was like telling my friends, I'm like, they found the blog. Oh no, this is so oh, bad. That's um, amazing. But the the fact that they 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 felt really appreciative like that we the fans were paying attention right. to who was creating the music right. and why yeah. it's so important. And I just thought that was like a really cool like add on to my my experience um being a K-pop fan. But yeah, it's been really cool.
1: Shaya, so we want to hear more about your view on K-pop and and its fandom because you have already told us that you are a Black fan but also from Guyana mm-hmm. and you because of your background you have knowledge to see see K-pop in certain perspective and mm-hmm. And that's something that Hina and I do not have. And, may, you know, right. some of our listeners do not have. So we'd like to listen to you. I don't know. You can start with an anecdote. Yeah. Or your, your general view of how do you feel about it? Because even I sometimes feel uncomfortable with mm-hmm. certain songs or artist's choice or the agency's choice. Right. I'm sure you have those moments as yeah. well. Yeah.
2: So... Going back to what I was mentioning before where I was saying like there's the really great side of being connected as like a community, the downside Mm -hmm. is when we start talking about like blackness within Mm -hmm. K-pop and then like taking it outside of just like blackness in Asia and how all those things kind of come together. I remember when going back to 2015 when I first got into K-pop, at the time I feel like a lot of... Artists? Do people still like say like idols? Is that outdated?
1: No, Koreans use that word.
2: Okay. Well, still use it. So basically, I remember at the time there was a lot of ignorance as well, especially within EXO, and it was really tough because for me as a fan, it's like, how do I vocalize or who do I vocalize to? the importance of reminding people that like, yes, we are consuming this content, but also I am still black mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I remember people and the internet is a very vicious place. Yeah. I remember a lot of fans who would just in particularly call out XOs and just be like, Oh, well, Becky and and like they say really anti-black things. Like there's mm-hmm. this one instance where they did this and they did that. Like Kai having like his hair corn road. And all of these different things. Well, at the time, I think looking back, I remember how frustrated and annoyed I was at that. But I think a symptom of just the world that I live in as a black person, but learning to pick my battles is something that I just naturally have to do for survival. And I think with being a K-pop fan, it's no different. I always use the analogy of like, it's like Pokemon, you got to catch them all. And I just don't have the energy sometimes to literally fight. Every single time an artist mm. does something that's anti black, I mm. think the unfortunate part is like that's just going to continue happening. But at, at the time, it was tough because we didn't feel like none of our faves were either aware of it or there was this really bad habit of like fans treating, you know, our groups and like idols as like children, like they weren't capable mm. of learning and education. Mm. Right. I saw both sides, right? I saw one side where like, I can acknowledge that, no, you do not live in America. You do, you're you not directly tied to what the Black experience mm. looks like on an interpersonal level. However, you still, at the end of the day, have Black fans who this is their lived experience. Right, and right. it's important for you to be aware that, like, there's stereotypes that you are perpetrating that are harmful and hurtful. Yeah. And at the time, it was not really the norm, I feel like, for... Groups to put out statements like how it is now?
1: Mm, right. Now, like Weaver's app, that's where I think I get a lot of notice for Mm -hmm. artists that I follow. When something happened, the agencies will release press release on the Weaver's app for all fans Mm. to read. Right? But I I don't think it existed then.
2: Yeah, it wasn't that big of a thing. And if and if something did happen, I think that was also you know 2015 was off the coats of 2014 and 2014 was a really tough year for k-pop in general not just music wise but like actually what was happening in the industry and so i feel like around 2015 2016 that was also the time when tumblr was becoming more like socially involved like social Mm -hmm. justice was becoming more of I don't want to say it was becoming a thing. Social justice has always been a thing. But using the internet as a way to do advocacy work was Mm. definitely on the peak. And so, like, you're combating racism and, like, homophobia and all these Mm. other different, like, suppressive, Mm. you know, things. And K-pop was still in the mix of all of that. And so, for me as a fan, I felt like I was always like, fighting people. (laughs) Um, But I think the most frustrating thing is when non-Black people would speak over Black people's experiences. And Mm -hmm. that was happening a lot. Like, people were trying to, like, police what I should and should not say or how I should and should not feel. Um, And I'm like, I have my own brain, my own mind. I am Mm -hmm. fully capable of forming my own opinions. But also, like, interculturally, it was also tough because... While I may not necessarily like, you know, if someone's hair was cornrowed, and at the time, I would joke, it was serious, but I just couldn't mentally always hyper-focus on, on those things because, right. again, my, right. my actual lived experience is just a lot bigger than K-pop. I remember I would always come back and like, listen, long as Kai doesn't look raggedy, like, long as his braids look really nice, I can't say anything. Like if they look janky, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, "All right, now now y'all are not, you know." Um, and some again, not all black fans would relate to that, right? And I that's that's also like a very intercultural thing. Like we're not a monolith, and no like demographic of anyone is a right the spokesperson for all of your identity. Mm-hmm. But for my own sanity, sometimes I would just have to make those jokes because I just felt like the voices of people who were not black were just a lot louder than the. Voices of Black people, yeah,
1: that reflects the uh, landscape of the society itself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it transfers directly into fandom culture as well.
2: Yeah, and then also just thinking about like cultural appropriation, like I can acknowledge when something is deliberate, and I can mm. also acknowledge when something is just like okay, maybe maybe that can get a pass. Like being able to discern what you want to react to is important. Mm. And so I'm like, I could get upset because an artist has dreads or whatever, but I can choose to like, let it go and move on. Mm-hmm. Or I can choose to react to an artist who blatantly said the N word in a song, right? Like mm-hmm. some things just carry more weight.
1: Right. Right.
2: And I know for listeners, they they may or may not agree with what I'm, what I'm saying. Right. But I'm I'm speaking to the, someone who is very, socially just, like, aware, especially with, right. like, my own lived experiences, a sense of self-preservation had to just be a thing. But that didn't right. mean that, like, people got passes, right? Like, both can things can exist. I can be aware that if you are not Black, you should not be doing X, Y, Z. But at the same time, like, do I want to continuously argue or fight people, strangers on the Internet, who are going to tell me how I should and should not feel about X, Y, Z. And so my friend groups at the time, they, f- they felt the same way. But it was hard because people, I feel like at the time, and I think they still do, they utilized their groups as a way to be racist or say like microaggressions and whatnot. And that was, I think, the most fr- frustrating thing because I'm, I'm like, you're weaponizing people that we don't actually know. We can't necessarily say what their intent is. I can only right. go off of what is currently in front of me. Uh, so that was a really mm-hmm. tough part of when I first got into K-pop, especially with the groups that I I liked, because I felt like people were just a lot more vocal than they were willing to do the education behind it all. But I again, I can recognize that two things can exist um, at the same time. Now, I feel like because stan culture and social justice has definitely enhanced or mm. been enhanced in a lot of different ways just based off social yeah. media right i can use bts as an example with black lives matter um i remember when it was like 20 2020 when mm-hmm. there was a lot of police brutality happening in the world mm-hmm. it's still happening um but this was when people were actually yeah. really out in the streets protesting right BTS fans, like fans. So they were purposely buying out tickets to like Trump rallies and then not right. showing up. <laughs> right.
1: So they're mostly empty seat, right? Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard and then that. on the other hand, they donated to Black Lives Matter, and then BTS, I believe, was able to match the,
1: the donations. It was the the other way around. So BTS mm. and the company donated a million, and yeah. then fans organized a campaign to match that. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that attracted me to BTS and its fandom was that, like, their mm-hmm. act of... Um, not just charity, but social justice work. I know K-pop artists are quite limited in what they can say yeah. in public. However, right. I think, especially BTS members, they have shown through their donation and yeah. contribution mm. uh-huh. in in many different causes, right?
2: Yeah, I think the hard thing about that for me,
1: personally,
2: was BTS's... Not all members of the fan base, but a lot of BTS's fans are very anti-black. And I've been on the receiving end of that when I was really active Mm. online. And so it was really frustrating to, you know, see in the headlines where it was like BTS fans or like the pinnacle of social activism in the K-pop world. Mm -hmm. And then behind the scenes, I'm like, no, they literally just doxed a whole bunch of like black fans because they didn't agree with Mm -hmm. something that... With the
1: criticism, Yeah.
2: And so that's part of the issue. Again, the parasocial relationships that we have with idols, they're all fun and games. So that we have to remember at the end of the day, we still do not know these people as much right, as people right. like we to. We only
1: know their public persona. Yeah. Right?
2: And so right. it's really damaging when you interact with like other fans. I'm not saying you can't like a group. At the time, I was a hater for fun. Um, because, you know, fan wars are very much a thing. EXO and BTS fans, like, there was a fan war every other week. There's always something going on. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah it's even worse. Because, again, with stan culture, it's even worse. Like, there's a there's a lot of, like, cultish pieces to it as well. Like, me, I had my mm. friend group, right? And I think my friend group, we were a fairly popular group online. Um, like, we had posts that would go viral we all collectively had, like, a lot of followers. So people, like, interacted with us in different capacities. Mm. So if that's that's another piece, too, right? Like, whatever we would say, it's on the internet. People can interact right. or they can see right. those things. Right. And so right. that was, like, the hard part of, I think, also just being in stan culture as well. When you want to vocalize what your opinion is, but you also don't want to be, like, shunned because of it. And that's not to say that yeah. like people get a pass because it's your quote unquote opinion. Like there's facts and there's just you being downright disrespectful.
0: Shia, I um I really wanted to say that I haven't thought how hard K-pop fandom activities would mm-hmm. be, cause I to be honest, never really thought about this, but I can't even imagine how hard it is to be in your place or was to be in your yeah. place. Like, you like this artist, but your friends also like this artist, but something happened, they mentioned something inappropriate, and then you are torn between, like, should I still, like, babing them mm-hmm. or should I really call that out? And also, you, as a very active tumblr writer you always have to fight and choose which one i'm going to call out which one i'll just pass like you also have to you know information is very limited even though they say oh you know artists didn't know so sorry about Mm -hmm. that let's say agency just said that you never really know you know what was happening Mm -hmm. behind so with that little information you have to Well, somehow you develop the sense of which one is delivered, which one is not. You know, you are now the expert. You can tell the, you're like the, what is it called? Liar detector, (laughs) you know, at this point. But it's just so hard and tiring to constantly confront these little and big things every day. But at the same time, these are your favorite artists. Like you still consume their content. Mm -hmm. You love their, you know, music. You go to see their concerts. Mm -hmm. But one day you went to see them in the concert, but the following day they said something inappropriate. Like, I yeah. I just, it's so hard to imagine what they yeah. were like.
2: It's almost like yeah. living on on edge almost. Yeah. And that's why I always make this joke, like, gotta stand in silence sometimes. Because <laughs> sometimes, like, the association with certain groups, again, we're, we're not perfect people. And so yeah. I can acknowledge that, like, there have been moments where, you know, I've kind of looked at EXO, like, mm. That's that's an interesting thing but I also recognize that translations translations were working mm. against us in the year 2015 and 2016. Because we would hear something, right? And if whoever's translating doesn't necessarily portray what is actually being said, it's very mm. easy to get it misconstrued and it doesn't take long for people on the internet to yeah. run with it. And right. so much of that happened so often. Mm, yeah. Like, it just, oh gosh, I have war flashbacks of like all
0: yeah. the different insta- like, instances. Yeah. That would add another whole level of situation of misunderstanding and confusion and hate and you know yeah i think you know it definitely
1: reflects the current atmosphere of lacking fact checking like many people do not always check the fact when they see a post they often regard it as truth and then they will Mm -hmm. retweet or like reply to it etc yeah i I think that's dominant problem on the internet in general Mm -hmm. not just in the fandom but then of course also in the fandom. And um mm-hmm. I think it's definitely okay to pick your battle, but also yeah. okay to voice Oh my god, now I'm like what do you do? But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like you you have your own experience and you should be heard. Like especially when people who don't have your experience try to invalidate it. Yeah, and I think I think, as you just said, when certain group do not respect you, you, you have to step away. You have to go to your safety net and, yeah. and recharge. I think for many people, standing a, a K pop group or artist will be the constant battle of choosing mm-hmm. like, wait, like I like them on the stage, but then what should I do with what they do off the stage, right? And and I, I don't think it's just separate. That is like an artist on and off stage is one person. And I think there's definitely way to handle, like continue loving someone yeah. and wish for their growth. Yeah. Like we don't have to hate mm-hmm. them for making mistake or making inappropriate comments or behavior. Mm-hmm. We can offer our criticism and wish for their growth. Like yeah. we can to be specific mm-hmm. with criticizing certain things, but mm-hmm. then not the person. Like like start hating them. Mm-hmm. And I think when when fans become problem when they are blindsided in their protection of artists, they think yeah, just blocking off all criticism yeah is gonna protect their artists, but it's not actually it's not. It's harmful. It's harming it's them, right? Against, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it will turn away fans. Yeah, so, right. So you, I guess I guess grow up. Let's grow up, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's not just growing up. It, yeah. We just have to keep learning. We have to stay open-minded and learn.
0: Being aware. Being aware
1: yeah. and know that yeah. we are always, we will always be ignorant. We have to listen to other people and learn more about history and background. Like yeah. that will definitely... Mm-hmm i think help the fandom in general and we could put that pressure on artists too and they will follow
2: you know looking back there's oh goodness like so i so many memories come to mind with just like my internet presence i feel Mm. like my twitter account is like a treasure trove of like the most like random experiences Mm. um that i that i had if you like if you keep scrolling, but I don't encourage anyone—I <laughs> don't encourage anyone to do that. Like I, I would probably get secondhand embarrassment for some of the things that I've said. But yeah, I, I will say through all of that, I was very thankful that I did have like a group of friends who were basically all like women of color Mm -hmm. who were all relatively around the same age. And we all collectively understood basics of like human decency. Um, And we, we felt like that space was just very protected and we were very strategic with that. We just didn't want to let anybody in. Cause I also just wanted to be able to crack my side jokes amongst my friend group and not have anybody like label me a certain way right we laugh to keep from crying
1: (laughs) yeah I'm I'm so glad you had that circle of friends and that is really important the internet you can spend some time but you have to get off and come back right, to that right. in- intimate circle of friends and family yeah. mm-hmm. who actually will be honest with you and without any malicious intent, right? Because they, they care about you. And you can yeah, yeah. share any different opinions with them, mm-hmm. right? Without worrying right. about them attacking you back or getting defensive. Yeah.
0: Right. Also, you, you know them individually as a person. Right. So like you said, there's just no point of fighting back with... Random user ABC1235 in Twitter, you know, yeah. without knowing anything about them. So, yeah, I think it's smart to pick your fight.
2: Yeah. It's got me here again. Eight years, <laughs> I'm still alive.
0: yeah Yep, eight years. <laughs>
2: it's
1: okay. Yeah shai i'm i'm laughing and breathing (laughs) because because i listened a lot today (laughs) i I try my best to focus and it it is fascinating i love listening to you um how do you feel today how do you feel about the recording
2: i feel pretty good like i think anytime i get the chance to talk about k-pop in any context i enjoy but i think because I've been a fan for so long, and just actually talking to other fans about K-pop, especially I have mm-hmm. other friends who are new K-pop fans, and they make me feel old. <laughs> oh well, back in my day, <laughs> yeah. I I I try so hard not to overwhelm them with content, but I'm just like you—you've missed so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's so much to catch up on.
1: go back, time travel. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it's always it's always nice for me just to be reminiscent and. Again, it's like unlocking a core memory almost where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's also this one thing. Oh, yeah, there's also this like this other thing. But yeah, I think, (laughs) you know, my my experience of being a K-pop fan has just opened so many different doors for me in terms of meeting so many different Mm -hmm. people. Like, how are they having like friends like when I moved to New York and actually being able to spend time with people that I've been Mm -hmm. talking to on the internet for like five years prior was so cool and we still have those relationships Mm -hmm. like we grew together like we met each other when we were a lot younger and now we're about to like exit our 20s soon it's been really cool Mm -hmm. just seeing how life has changed like we've graduated from undergrad Mm -hmm. some of us went on to get a master's degree some of us to travel the world, like there's been so much life that's that's happened. It's brought me closer to my little sister, which has been really yeah. nice. Like we bond mm-hmm. over that. Yeah. Like culturally, it's it's just exposed me to so much. It and even this this podcast, you know, just being able to connect with like other people just to talk about like yeah. music and like this unified experience that we have. Like there's nothing like it, and it's just it's so hard to convey that to people who aren't fans. And for me, Mm. like 2015 was a very different time to get into K-pop because I feel like a lot of people Mm. were still very, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like not anti-Asian, but I feel like that was, that that was like the emotion, right? Like a lot of people did not understand Mm. why K-pop, like there was a lot of ignorance. I feel like that surrounded the the genre. Yeah. And, and for me, like that was a very educational component for my, for me to my friends, I'm like, literally, y'all, it's just music. Like, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no yeah. one has these same comments when they listen to everything that's in Spanish, right? Like, it's it's no different. Yeah. Um, or any yeah. other language. And so I think just universally, just seeing how it's changed over time. Like, people just mm-hmm. know that, like, Shai's into K-pop. She's probably going to play it in the car. She's probably going to talk about it. But I also yeah. have my friends that are, I can feel most myself with them i talking mm-hmm. about these things because, again, they get it. I don't have to do a lot of, like, the pretense, like, before we get into any of those conversations. Yeah, just overall, I think the the fact that K-pop has just been able to give me so much joy. Mm-hmm. And this I feel like that's, yeah. like, the one constant that's been in my life. Like, I can be having a really, mm-hmm. like, sucky day. And I'm like, let me just go listen to, like, one of my favorite songs for a serotonin right. boost.
1: I think many K-pop fans do that. Like, they they seek comfort and joy from from K-pop content because, you know, you get stressed from real life and now you gotta relieve them.
2: (laughs) And so, like, I'm forever grateful that I stumbled across Sistar when I did and then I decided to revisit it because I I couldn't imagine my life now, like, without it.
0: So, actually, speaking of gratefulness and pivotal Mm -hmm. moment of your life, like, I wanted to say that the... Day I walk into the conference and networking event and meet you is as pivotal as I ran into um Newton's video by YouTube mm. algorithm. Because um I think this episode was really informative mm-hmm. and educational for me. I often say this, I don't know what I don't yeah. know. That's why mm. I want to learn from other people and hear something new so I can now know what I don't know. Um, so thank you so much, Shaya, for sharing your story and being on our podcast and our, uh, special K-pop Yay. episode. Lastly, would you like to share where our audiences can find you? Um, and also anything that you want to maybe like last comment to like newbies who are entering <laughs> K-pop <laughs> world as a senior of a K-pop yeah. fan? <laughs> if you like to share a word, that would be great.
2: Yeah, I will start off by saying the feeling is absolutely mutual. Like, this was such a joy getting to speak to you, Hina and Linda. Like, this is so great. I'm literally going to text my sister. I want to FaceTime her and be like,
1: "Um, because she also
2: really loves this stuff, too. When I, just right. when I get to speak yeah. about it and so right. this was so great and I, I can't wait for the episode to come out so I can share it with everyone mm-hmm. if people are looking for me um, I know you're going to drop the Spotify link to my yep. playlist, yep. playlist. Um, if you choose to listen to it again I recommend doing it on shuffle or by search by artists mm-hmm. whatever floats your fancy there's, mm-hmm. there's something in there for everyone <laughs> if you're so inclined you can find me on Instagram at Shia LaBuffs. That's S-H-A-Y-A-L-A-B-E-O-U-F-S. Twitter, no one needs to see me on Twitter. I have a hot mess on there. It's like my personal diary. <laughs> but feel free, like, if you want to just, like, chat with me one-on-one, like, feel free to DM me because my Instagram, it is private. And then we can be, like, bestie westies. I met <laughs> a girl at NCT's concert. Um, and we follow each other and we, like, check in every so now and again. Oh nice. So, you know, let's go ahead and continue to build the community, especially if you're mm-hmm. here in New York. I'm always down to go out, to eat, Yay. to hang, all of those things.
1: But other than that, you know, this was this was great. Yeah, it was it was fun. And you know, I'm I was in general just happy to hear your happy life being K pop
0: Yeah, <laughs> I feel hard with my like face muscle right now because i've been smiling for two hours Mm. same like i feel
1: it like right here (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna tell our listener about our next episode so next episode hina and i will get together and talk about a netflix show do 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 beef (laughs) so so if you have beef was so good i know (laughs) i know hina has watched i haven't watched yet i will catch up We'll talk about it. I think it's quite interesting to have it now on Netflix Mm -hmm. featuring Asian American um, actors. But there are a lot in that show, I I heard. So Mm -hmm.
2: we'll
0: talk about that next episode. Thank you so much, Shaiya. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, Support us by leaving ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and help us grow our community. Subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Connect with us on Instagram, American K Sisters, or send us a message at
1: American Sisters at gmail.com. If you want to learn more about each episode, check the show notes below. A big shout out to Miss Christine for the beautiful music in our podcast. Share our show with your fellow fans of Korea and K-Everything.